Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast, a program all about transforming minds and developing leaders. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the emerging leader in you. Now, here is your leadership mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Leader Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 183 of the Strategic Leader Podcast. Just dawned on me, we're creeping up on episode number 200. Hey, we're gathering incredible leaders from all over the world, focusing on personal and leadership development. Today, we're continuing our series on transition, and boy, oh boy, is the topic going to speak to so many of you. We're talking about transition, why you should absolutely embrace discontent. Well, I'm so grateful to have you with us again, and this is one of my favorite parts of the week when I get to just kind of hang out with you. I know it's pre-recorded, and I know that it's virtual, but my heart and my spirit knows that somehow we're connected and that as we continue to gather in this community that a lot of lives are being changed. People are finding their way. They're finding hope. They're finding courage. They're getting started in various and uh, various things that they want to get done. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to be in a community of people who want to grow, want to lead, want to have influence. Gosh, I'm honored that you're here today. Well, as I mentioned in the opening a moment ago, we're continuing our series on transition, and this is a topic that is hot, 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 and uh, I just can't tell you how many people I engage with every single week or encounter every single week who are right in the middle of some part of this process, and I know that uh, this message is going to resonate with you in a very powerful and meaningful way. If for some reason you have not yet listened to episode number 179 or episode number 181, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. You don't have to do that before you listen to this one, but it might make a little more sense if you listen to this series in order. But starting at 179, then 181, and this is episode 183, uh, I tell you what, it's going to really be uh, a blessing to you. So we've talked about what transition is and how to really gauge when you're entering into it or when you're maybe in the middle of it. Last week uh, on the program, we talked more about the four stages of transition and what they are, what they look like, what they involve. Today, we're going to dive into those four stages in a little bit more detail. Let's go right now to session three in our series on transition. So far in this program, we have laid a very solid foundation for understanding what transition is. And most recently, we've shared an overview of the four stages of transition. We've also talked a little bit about the importance of the overall process and why you really should not stop at one stage. It's it's important to continue to, to walk through and have passage from the entrance to the exit of the process 
so that you realize what it is that God's trying to get you to on the other side. Now, we want to dive a little deeper and begin to unpack each of these four stages so that you can better understand the need, the significance, the nuances, and maybe even some of the indicators of transition. So in this session, I'm going to be dealing with stage number one and talking about the uncomfortable yet very necessary feeling of discontent. Well, the idea of being discontented oftentimes has a negative connotation to it. Uh, In fact, some of our older generation espouse the idea that one should be content in every situation. Well, I'm not sure I embrace that. The idea was to simply be thankful for what you have, and, and that's okay. I agree with that. The idea was to be thankful for where you are. Well, I'm, I'm thankful. The idea was to be grateful for the people you have in your life. And I'm okay with that as a standalone piece. The problem I have with the overall mindset of some people is that when something's season has rightfully come to an end, discontent is the indicator that's provided to us to know this season's over, now let's begin to look for the new thing. We can't just be content with some blanket policy. We have to be able to sense and know when it's time to move into a different place. Well, here's what I know. The attitude and condition of discontent many times is looked upon in less than a positive light. And that creates a culture and a prevailing mindset that locks people into their present circumstances. Multitudes of people have gone to their graves, never having discovered what was really possible beyond discontent. I don't want that to be your story. So let's look at the definition of discontent for just a moment. Merriam-Webster defines discontent as follows. It's the restless aspiration for improvement or change or the condition of not being satisfied. It's the restless aspiration for improvement or change or the condition of not being satisfied. Dictionary.com has a slightly different twist on this, just using different language. It defines transition as a restless desire or craving for something one does not presently have. So once again, the restless aspiration for improvement or change, the condition of not being satisfied, another way of saying it, a restless desire or craving for something that you you don't presently have. Well, if you take the definitions of those words at face value, it does seem to undo the premise or the attitude or the belief system that one must be content in everything at all times and forever. I disagree. 
seems to me that discontent, when channeled or stewarded properly, is a positive emotional state designed to help us know when transition is in order. We've established that change is inevitable. We've also established that transition is something that each of us will experience a number of times during the course of our life. So if change and transition are inevitable and they're going to happen, what is it that prompts us to engage that process? I suggest it's discontent. My own experience, which I'll talk a little bit more about later in this session, has shown me that discontent is the first stage, the first indicator, it's the first sign that something needs to change. Let's talk about discontent. Discontent, in so many ways, is like pain. It's not pleasant. No one really wants to feel it. But pain is a very necessary quality or experience if we're going to recognize when a part of our human body needs attention. If there were no pain, a person could have an injury or an ailment, and the absence of pain would cause that issue to go unnoticed, to go unchecked, to go untreated, and ultimately it would cause greater damage or possibly even death. You've heard this before. Pain is your friend. I would like to submit to you that discontent is also your friend. I would like to suggest that discontent is a precious gift given to us by our Creator as a means to discover when something's season has come to an end and change is something we should be looking to pursue. Discontent provides us the opportunity to recognize when the next level for our lives is opening to us. Discontent is a flare that is shot off as a sign to say, all right, it's time to take inventory of the past, assess the present, and look to the future. Because God, from my perspective, has presented you with a next-level opportunity, a next-level relationship, a next-level financial state, a next-level career, a next-level job, a next-level business, whatever the case may be. And in order for me to recognize the moment, it's going to involve a window, a season of discontent. Discontent, ladies and gentlemen, is really your friend. Some transitions are a part of our normal life arc, if you will. Things such as marriage, we talked about a little bit last week, divorce, empty nest syndrome. That one's something that's very real to me right now because my wife and I are coming into a season of life where our children are both now adult age, and in very short order, I'm sure, they will no longer be under our roof. They won't be in our nest. We 
We won't have the same responsibilities or daily activities in caring for them, stewarding their future and pouring into them because they're going to go out and form their own life and blaze their own trail. It's a very real thing. But here's the thing about that. It's a very natural, normal part of life that you really can't control, but it does constitute transition. Another one of these normal life transitions are the death of a loved one or a friend or someone that's close to us. These and other things like these happen as a natural part of the unfolding of life. They can, and most often do, create very unique transitional seasons for us. Those are just general life transitions. The principles that we're sharing in this series apply to general life transitions, but they also require a slightly different approach because you're going to process those differently and you're going to navigate them from a little bit different perspective. For the purposes of this discussion, I want to talk about the kinds of transitions we deal with on a more voluntary scale. Some of the big ones in that category are relationships, our career or industry, a specific job or company that we're working for. Here's one that maybe you haven't thought of, but spiritual condition or status. There are many transitions that take place in that arena, uh, and it's very important that we're aware of those because whether you're a Christian, a Buddhist, a Hinduist, Whatever your particular religious philosophy is, it's going to involve transition and change from time to time. How about this one? How about church or religious affiliation? I've experienced this a couple of times in my life where I felt pulled to something but didn't quite know how to steward that and handle it the right way, but it required me ultimately to depart from something that was familiar to me by way of my church or religious affiliation and go to something different. Another big area that happens in reference to voluntary transition is one's financial status. Also, another big area is the emotional state. These are just a few. These are just a few of the areas, the major areas in which you might be presently experiencing the pain of discontent. And yes, in some ways, discontent is pain. It's discomfort. I'd like to suggest to you that until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of the change, you're probably going to stay the same. You're not going to engage the process that we've talked about already last in our last session. Discontents first, then disconnect, so on and so forth. At some point, There has to be a resolution in one's heart that this is uncomfortable enough to me and I'm longing for what is possible enough that I'm going to subject myself to the necessary pain of breaking out of the status quo and engaging the passage that's going to take me to the next level. Let's talk a little more about discontent. I want to share with you 10 indicators or signs of discontent. 10 indicators or signs of discontent. Number one, you have an inner awareness that something is calling you. Something is pulling on you. 
You don't know what it is. You are definitely not clear on where to step or what to pursue, but it's an internal sense that something bigger, something more, something more significant, a next level is pulling on you and calling you. Indicator number two, you have an insatiable yet very healthy desire for something fresh, something new, something more fulfilling. Now, here's the piece. Let's put you right in the middle of where whatever it is you're doing. Let's say you work for X company, Acme Brick, and you're there. And for a while, that job was satisfying, fulfilling, and doing the deal for you. But now you're in the throes of discontent. And while there is discomfort in discontent, simultaneously, there is a desire welling up in your heart for something fresh, something new, and something more fulfilling, more satisfying. That is an indicator that you are presently processing stage one, which is discontent. Indicator number three, your brain, your mind, your heart, your spirit, however you want to frame that, you have a real sense of possibility. In other words, something in you has embraced the idea that there is a new phase of possibility, a new phase of opportunity opening to you. That's number three. But number four is you have no clue what it is or how to even engage it. You know there's something. Number four, you don't have a clue what it is. A really strong indicator that you're in the middle of discontent is that you don't have a clue what you're looking for. The great author C.S. Lewis said this. He said, it is impossible to recognize something unless you have some idea of what it looks like. Now, we're going to get to the reconnaissance stage. We're going to get to the searching stage, to the discovery stage. We're going to get there, but you really can't effectively function in that realm or at that stage until you have appropriately and thoroughly processed through discontent. And I'll share more about that in a moment. Indicator or sign number five that you're experiencing discontent is there is an evident lack of passion for your current status or your current situation, meaning where before you may have had plenty of passion, plenty of drive, plenty of energy for doing that job, working in that business. Uh, facilitating that ministry, pastoring that church, whatever the case may be, here's what you need to know. Right now, I'm I'm on empty. I got no passion. I got no juice, and I don't. I can't find the drive to really be excited about where I'm at, what I'm doing, and what I'm engaged in now. Number six, the sixth indicator or sign of discontent is an elevated need to find fault or to criticize. You say, Brian, that's so negative. Yes, but a very natural part of discontent is to begin to see all of the things around you that are rubbing you the wrong way, that are frustrating you. And in other words, those are now enhanced. They're bright. There's a brighter light shining on them. They're being magnified. They're really larger in your eyes than they really are 
in reality, but now we have to be very disciplined not to bleed over into overt fault finding and overt criticism, but it is an indication. Number seven is a lack of motivation or drive. We've talked a little bit about that with regards to passion, but I'm going to tell you something. When I've been through this process in recent years, there was a really long period of time where it was hard for me to pull my head off the pillow. It was definitely hard for me to sit down at the microphone or sit down at the computer and write or to engage. I I had no juice, no energy, no motivation. All of those things were just absent. So if you've got a lack of motivation or a lack of real drive to accomplish to do, it's very likely you're in the process of going through discontent. The eighth indicator is similar to number seven. It's a loss or a decline in your personal creativity. I will tell you that during seasons of discontent, your clarity of thought, your creativity, your ability to to manufacture really strong, powerful thoughts and results diminish greatly. The ninth indicator or sign of discontent is borderline or possibly full-on depression. During this particular part of this, if you're experiencing depression, that could show itself in weight gain, in binge eating, show itself in falling off the wagon as it relates to your exercise program, falling off the wagon as it relates to relationships and, and the, the health and strength of your marriage, your, your relationship with your kids, all those things. Depression's a very real thing. The 10th indicator and sign of, of a person who's in discontent is what I call self-imposed isolation. It's when you just crawl up in a cave, you isolate yourself, you intentionally become distant to other people because you just don't want to be around people. And this is a very difficult and a very challenging and possibly a very destructive behavior. I, I suspect that some of those probably are resonating with you. Maybe, maybe several of them resonate with you. Each of these can produce destructive or damaging results. I want you to hear this because some of these were really negative. Each of these have the capacity to produce destructive or damaging results in your life. But if you can channel these feelings, these emotions, the awareness of these conditions, if you can steward and handle these signs in a very productive and healthy way, they can and they really should be the catalyst for propelling you towards positive change and personal breakthrough. Let me share with you a little bit about my story. In 2011, I sort of fell into a very deep pit. And I wasn't depressed at the time, but I will tell you, I went from zero to 60 in about 2.2 seconds as it related to discontent. Because one morning, it felt like one morning I just woke up and the, the lens through which I was seeing my life my present circumstance and my career, all of my work, it just had changed. And this was not the first time, as I've mentioned before, that I've experienced these four stages. And so very quickly, I ascertained, okay, this is discontent. And it might mean 
that there's a significant transition in my future. I begin to pray and ask God to help me to understand. I must confess that in 2011, I was very, very involved and very busy with my work and with my daily activities and with traveling. And so I sort of baptized and immersed myself in uh, the work even though this sense internally was building and growing and becoming more distinct. In January of 2012, I went away on a five-day personal retreat. It was on this retreat that I experienced what I would refer to as an encounter with my creator. It wasn't like some super spiritual goosebump kind of a deal. It was just it was just that week, somehow my heart shifted and I, I became one with the idea that I had been invited on a journey and there was something bigger, something larger, something more significant, something more satisfying, something more fulfilling, something more rewarding that God, my father, had prepared for me in a new day, in a new season. And that season was in front of me. Essentially, I came away from that retreat knowing that I had received an invitation and I said yes. I said yes to the invitation without any strings. I said yes to the invitation without any stipulations. I had been in the throes of discontent long enough, and I'm familiar enough with the process to know that if God was wooing me out of my present status, out of my present circumstance, out of my present involvement, then what he had for me in the new season was bigger, better, it was faster, it was stronger, it was more rewarding, more fulfilling, and it was going to increase the range of my personal reach, my influence, my ability to touch people's lives. And so on that retreat, I said yes. I came home from that encounter and I began to simply walk out day by day what that looked like. And here's what I learned. I learned that, one, I can't control how fast or how detailed God gives it to me. I'm, I'm a doer. I'm an executor. I'm a visionary. I am always five, ten years down the road. And then I, once I determine what I want down there, I back into that and I determine what I need to do to get there. And I just start making things happen. But this season was different. Because what I believe God was really wanting to teach me was how to rest, how to be still, how to trust the process, how to walk it out one day at a time, how to see one step in the process or one uh, step in the journey and be willing to take that without knowing ahead of time what the next one was going to be. For me, and I suspect for many of you who are listening, it was very difficult but over the course of a year or two, I learned how to do that. I learned how to take it one day at a time. I learned how to, to trust that, you know, today if I get up and I don't have more answers today than I did yesterday, it's okay because I'm going to rest in and I'm going to function in what I know today. What he has for me is in front of me. From 2012 to 2016 at the time of this taping, the journey has been one of the most remarkable experiences I can ever describe to you. Frankly, I don't know that I have words to, to help you understand all 
that has transpired. Here's the bottom line. I experienced all of the indicators, all the signs. It began with this internal awareness that something's calling me to a different place. I had an insatiable, overwhelming desire to pursue it, to go after it, to have it. Whatever whatever it is, it's got to be better. It's got to be more. It's got to be fresh and new. And I want whatever it is inside. I knew it was significant and it was rich and it was awesome. But then I had to deal with the reality that I had no idea what it was. And I wasn't getting a 10-minute preview so I could wrap my head around it. It was just one step today, one step tomorrow, one day at a time. Throughout that process of not knowing, I experienced a tremendous decrease in, in passion for what I was currently doing. In some cases, I experienced, I won't call it confusion, but I would say a lack of clarity as it related to what's my purpose? Who am I? Why am I even here? Is what I've been doing all these years just for naught? I mean, all the questions. I even found myself criticizing some of the things I've been involved in for months. I mean months. It was hard for me to put one foot in front of the other, especially as it related to creating content or studying for a keynote presentation or for a seminar or for a series it just wasn't happening. In 2015, the latter part, looking back, I can now acknowledge that I slipped into a mild state of depression. For me, it was just a complete lack of motivation, no energy, no desire to get up every day and just go do the deal because I didn't even know what the deal was. I did put on quite a bit of weight. I would find myself eating comfort food at 11, 12 o'clock at night. All those things that go along with it. And in some ways, I felt very isolated and very alone. So when I share these with you, I'm sharing with you my story. To go back even one more layer, through this process over four years, I've experienced transitions in relationships In my career or work path, I have experienced transitions in my spiritual status. I have experienced transition with my church and religious affiliations. I have most definitely experienced transition as it relates to my finances. And over these four years, I would say that through the difficult and challenging moments, God was working in me a healthier, a stronger a more vibrant and more viable emotional state. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sharing with you anything I haven't lived. So I suspect that because you're listening to this program, you're somewhere in transition. It's very likely that while you've been listening to this particular session or one of the previous sessions, that something has resonated inside of you. Maybe you've gained some understanding about where you are and what you're experiencing. Discontent can be a paralyzing thing or it can be an empowering thing. It's all in how you steward it. It can make you feel as though you're completely lost and alone. It can provide you with a sense that you don't have any value. You've really missed the boat or 
It can embolden you. It can encourage you. It can provide you great confidence knowing that what I'm feeling is simply an indication that the chapter I've been living in has come to a close and a new chapter or maybe even a new book is about to be written. It's all in how you look at it. Know this. Discontent is a natural, normal, and even spiritual condition that has been designed by our Creator to shake us from the status quo and get us moving in the direction of what He has prepared for us on that next level. I want to encourage you to embrace discontent. Allow it to serve you, not enslave you. Allow it to help you, not harm you. Discontent is only the first stage in the process of successful transition. If you're in the throes of discontent, my encouragement to you is this. You're just getting started, but you're doing well. I want to leave you with this. Five things that you can do to leverage discontent. Number one, fully embrace discontent as your friend. Don't allow your mind to consider it something that is is negative or detrimental. No. Put on a different set of lenses and fully embrace it as your friend. Number two, give in. Give yourself completely over to the new thing that is tugging at your heart. Number three is say yes to the possibility of a different and a more fulfilling future. Number four, release yourself from the need to figure it all out today. You don't have to have it all figured out today. One day at a time is enough. The fifth thing you can do to leverage discontent, commit to the process and trust that God will see you to the other side of your transition. In our next session, we're going to take a much deeper look at stage number two, which is disconnect. One last thing, living things grow and growing things change. Well, I bet if I were a betting man that a number of you could relate very deeply to what we're talking about here. We've created some great show notes for you at brianholmes.com forward slash 183. You want to find out more about this topic and about the series, just go to brianholmes.com forward slash 183. You'll find all the information there. I want to encourage you as always, if you've not subscribed to our weekly email updates, uh, I, I really want you to do that. Here's the deal. I'm not trying to spam you, sell you, uh, bug you, none of those kind of things. I just want you to be informed. We are producing a great deal of content, and behind the scenes right now, there are a number of very, very significant projects taking place. I'm talking about some uh, quantum movement, okay? There are some big things that we have prepared for the latter part of this year and the first part of 2017 and I don't want you to miss it. I just want you to know we send one email a week presently. At the time of this recording, we're sending one email per week. I believe it's on Fridays, and it's just a digest. It's a little short snippet on what we released Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, respectively, 
the title is a hyperlink straight to that episode, straight to that content, straight to that blog post, whatever it is. We want you to be informed. So go to the website, brianholmes.com, top right-hand corner, somewhere in there, you'll find a way to subscribe to our weekly email updates. Also, as always, just want to encourage you to share this with the people that you love and care about and do life with. Uh, if there's someone that you know that doesn't know who we are and doesn't know about this program, doesn't know about our website, do me a favor, jump on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, or wherever it is you hang out, Instagram, and just share something we've done so that more and more people can benefit from the content we're creating here. Well, I have a very exciting announcement for you, and right after this announcement, I'll be back with a few closing thoughts. Well, I'm excited to share with you the opportunity of diving even deeper in your personal journey toward building the strategic life you were intended to live. We've been talking about the four cornerstones for strategic living around here for a very long time, and now you can access an online video course and the four cornerstones for strategic living book for yourself. If you were intrigued by this topic, if you felt as though you needed someone to come alongside of you and help you to walk out the process of personal healing, personal discovery, personal development, and personal deployment, I'm inviting you to visit our website at brianholmes.com forward slash 4CS, like four cornerstones, but 4CS. You'll find information there about how you can enroll in a course of study or in reading the book and take your life and your leadership to the next level. I invite you personally right now to go with me on this journey. Let's build a strategic, a powerful, and a meaningful life together. Well, are you sensing a deep sense of discontent in your life? Uh, as we described and defined discontent, are you aware that right now you're dissatisfied? You're not satisfied. You know there's more. You know there's something. You know there's there's a uh, there's a tomorrow that's pulling on you and tugging on you that looks different than today. Are you lacking maybe passion that you once had? I, I'm going to speak to somebody here who possibly is lethargic or maybe even depressed. Maybe there's so much discontent that's settled in and you've not known what to do with that that you find yourself depressed and struggling on a number of levels. I'm talking to you. This series is for you. Embrace discontent. It's okay, but as we go forward in the series, we're going to help you to know how to manage that and how to process through it and how to get to the next step. Now, let me give you a little more positive note. Are you hungry? Are you really hungry for more? Are you feeling that, that new thing calling you, pulling you, well, stay plugged in. Stay tuned. Remember, discontent is your friend. Embrace it. Walk it out. And you will successfully transition to stage number two, which we will be talking about next week right here on the Strategic Leader Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We trust that this program has added value to your life and to the development of your leadership potential. You can join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com and by sharing this podcast with others who are seeking to take their life and leadership 
to the next level. May God bless you immensely. And until next time, remember this, you are created to lead.